The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. Today we're going to do things a little bit different. We're going to have some fun on today's episode as we're getting really close to the start of the season. The preseason is getting very, very close to us. While we won't have the same amount of preseason games or possibly none at all, there's still training camp that is going to be going on. We'll be discussing some of the things coming out of that. So we only have so much time to do some of these more fun, topical discussions like we've done throughout the offseason. The goal for today's show is to play a new game that we are going to use on hopefully not a regular basis, but in various times throughout the seasons. That game is something I like to call that I concocted up hot takes and cold predictions. Now the goal of this game is I'm going to pitch a take to you, the listeners, and also to Chris, and then it is up to us to decide if it is a hot take, if it is too crazy, if it is a cold take, not crazy enough, or if it is perfect and just right. Chris, I'm going to throw out a wild one to get us started and rolling here. The first take that we have for this game is... Daniel Jones will throw for over 35 passing touchdowns in his second year in the league. Chris, hot or cold? I'm going to say that is a hot take. Nothing against Daniel Jones. Simply, that is a really high mark. Uh, last year, there were on, there was only one quarterback to eclipse 35 passing touchdowns, and that was Lamar Jackson. The year before, there were four. They were... They were Pat Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Matt Ryan, and Russell Wilson. That is, you know, that's a really elite group of quarterbacks. Now, I wouldn't be surprised by Jones having a lot of passing touchdowns, if only because just looking at the schedule the Giants are playing, it's likely that they're going to have to be playing catch up, probably more than they would prefer this year. So that means a lot of passing, and if touchdowns are being scored, they're probably going to be scored through the air. But 
you know, 35, that's probably just a bit rich. I'm with you on this one, Chris. I'm not going to say that this is a realistic possibility. I see it as last season he threw for 24 touchdowns, only playing in a limited number of games. He didn't play a full season. I think the number would have been if he played all 16 games based on his touchdowns per game average, I think it would have been 28 would have been that number. So if hypothetically he throws for 28 in his rookie year, I think a realistic progression with a new offensive coordinator and progressed receivers, Darius Slayton stepping into his second year, realistic for him is probably around 30. 35 is really pushing that upper limit. Like you said, there was only one guy who did it last year, and that was Lamar Jackson. It's not easy to throw for over 35 passing touchdowns. I don't think the Giants also will be throwing that much. They probably will be in instances of needing to play catch up, but I don't know if they're going to be throwing for the end zone that many times that he'll have even 35 uh, or so realistic opportunities to score a passing touchdown. They're going to use Saquon just as much as they're going to try and, and spread the field with Daniel Jones. So that, that 35 number, just a little bit too high for his second season, but I feel like the more realistic one has to be 30. Chris, second take we have. The Giants secondary will finish top 20 in passing yards allowed despite the horrendous year they had last year. I am somewhere between cold and just right on that. I think, you know, like I said in the first one, the Giants are facing a bear of a schedule. It is just a beastly schedule. They're facing Lamar Jackson. They're going to be going up against Kyler Murray with the addition of Nuke Hopkins. They're going to be going up against the Cowboys who added Lamb. They've retained Amari Cooper. You know, they're facing a lot of really good offenses. So it even with the additions of Xavier McKinney and uh, Bradbury, it is likely that they're just going to give up yards. That's just, they're facing too many good offenses for that to not happen. However, they did make those adjust. They did make those additions. And, you know, I think everybody by now knows of the situation going on in the secondary. We're going to be getting to that, I think early next week. But even with all that, upgrading those two positions, hopefully upgrading a third position with slot corner, hopefully Sam Beal, finally takes that step forward and can stay healthy. You know, I think a an improvement, especially if Patrick Graham plays to their strengths, is certainly possible, maybe even likely. Now, whether or not that gets them in, up into the top 20, uh, you know, there are things beyond their control. For reference, last season, they had the fifth worst passing defense in terms of yards allowed. They gave up 4,225 yards. Now, that was with a lot of rookie guys, notably DeAndre Baker, who we don't even know and will probably not be back with the Giants. And we're going to address that when we do the cornerback slash secondary preview for the season. But with no DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Baker and also progressions from some of the younger guys. You also have moves to fix 
some of those issues by bringing in veteran players, going and drafting Xavier McKinney, another player. We we hope that we can get a, a serious progression from a, a guy like Julian Love to step forward. For them to finish that far towards the bottom and with a team that is mostly young, I I don't I, I think it, it, the the best way to look at this is that this is just right. They will finish probably right at 20 or maybe 19 or 18. They're going to take a step forward. Now, there's going to be a handful of games based on who they're playing where they're going to give up some stupid passing totals because this is still not a perfect secondary, but it will be a progression. It will be a step forward. Chris, our next take, and I've got uh, this one I think is pretty interesting. I don't think this is terribly crazy. Andrew Thomas will make the Pro Bowl in his first season in the NFL. Uh, I'm going to go to maybe to the other side of just right from where I was last time. I'm going to say that's a little hot just because the learning curve at offensive tackle going from college to the NFL, you, you very rarely see offensive tackles step right out of the college ranks, come to the NFL and have success immediately. And the kind of success to earn them postseason honors, like pro bowl, all pro player, you, you just don't see that. Uh, also, have to recognize the circumstances that he is making that transition in this year. Hasn't had an offseason. He's basically going to be thrown into camp with only just virtual meetings. He's been training on his own. And it's entirely possible we won't have any preseason. So there's they're basically going to have to go from you know limited contact, barely padded practices right to an NFL game. And honestly, like the defense, the Giants are facing a lot of good pass rushes this year. They're facing guys like TJ Watt and crap. I just completely blanked on all of the really good pass rushers they're facing. <laughs> oh yeah, they're facing guys like uh, TJ Watt, Shaq Barrett, JPP. Uh, they're facing, I think, seven of the top 10 pass rushes this year. So I think even if Andrew Thomas comes out and does have a good rookie season, maybe after an adjustment period, maybe a little bit of a bumpy road over the first few games, I, I still think it's kind of an uphill battle for him to get Pro Bowl honors. I understand where you're coming from with the issues of the current offseason. But what I want to counter with is that I think out of any of the guys that were drafted in the first round at tackle, Andrew Thomas was easily the most ready to play now. He wasn't he doesn't have the highest ceiling out of the group, which is which is something that we talked about a lot. But he was the most prepared to play now. He had the lowest or the highest floor rather. I think for that, I'm gonna say that this is just right. And when I say this is just right, I'm not saying it is a lock that he's going to finish as a pro bowler. I'm saying that there is a possibility. It can happen. Andrew Thomas is going to play every single game this season, barring any type of injury. He's going to play. First few games are going to be struggling, and and against some of these matchups, he's going to have some issues. But I can see a guy like Andrew Thomas having some really good games down the stretch, having a few good games here or there. The one thing that helps Andrew Thomas's case, Chris, that even if he's not one of the best tackles in the league and, and super qualified to make it on this list, the Pro Bowl is voted 
by, by fans for a, you know, a significant margin of the, of that decision. And if Andrew Thomas has a decent year or a, like a above average year for a rookie giants fans take up a huge, huge uh, demographic of fans in the NFL because it's such a huge market. And also all the fans from all over the country that are fans of the giants. So I feel like that might be just enough to, to kind of push him a little bit over the edge and in, into the, maybe the last guy in if he has a, a quality season. He is not the only rookie in the market. There's also Makai Becton with the Jets, you know, a guy that a lot of people thought the Giants were going to take. Now, he does have that super high ceiling. He's got a lower floor as well. But with the upheaval in the AFC East, with the everything going on with the Patriots, uh, the Dolphins, I think, are still a work in progress. Nobody knows what's going to happen with Tua. Uh, I would say the Bills look like they're probably the best team in that division, but... I think it's fair to say they'll kind of it's fair to assume that they'll be volatile until they prove they aren't. It's possible the Jets and that fandom could push Becton up as well. And then there's also Jedrick Wills over with Cleveland and just given the sheer amount of talent on that roster, if they could finally put everything together, they could wind up having a very exciting season. So it, it I'm not saying Andrew Thomas is not going to be deserving of recognition once the season is over, but it's possible some other rookie tackles might have more exciting seasons. Certainly. And I'm also sticking with that. I think that he might get that additional slight push that might be able. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. VAN29.com. To help him. We've got three more takes that I'm going to unveil here for your hot takes and cold predictions. We're going to get to that, but before we do so, we're going to take a really short commercial break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chris, the next take after the commercial break is 
Linebacker Blake Martinez, who they signed in free agency from the Green Bay Packers, will record over 120 tackles next season. Uh, I'm going to say that that's probably just right. I have a feeling that this defense is going to be the kind where they try to keep the linebackers free so they can flow to the play. You know, the Giants have that really stout defensive line. If all goes well, that should occupy offensive lines and allow the linebackers, Blake Martinez and whoever else happens to be there, depending on down distance package, what this scheme winds up looking like. They should be free to get to the ball carrier or make those tackles over the middle. Now, Martinez has also been kind of a tackling machine over the last couple seasons. So seeing him right around that triple digit number shouldn't be surprising. Chris, I'm going to go with this is a cold take here. I, th- I think that that 120 number is not high enough for Blake Martinez. He has one of the most underrated defensive lines in front of him. A number of guys that are tremendous space eaters that can distract offensive linemen, like you said, to allow him to roam a little bit freer than maybe he was able to in the past. If you look at his last three seasons, he had 144, 144, and 155 playing in all 16 games. I think that that type of production will translate over, and we might even see an over 155 tackle season for Blake Martinez in back-to-back years. He's talented enough. He has the talent playing in front of him. He's got a lot of things going for him, so that take of 120 is way too cold for my taste. Yeah, I could see that. I just figure... Again, it disrupted offseason, brand new defensive scheme, and also I'm kind of hoping that he isn't getting all the tackles because some of the other players are racking up those tackles and that it's a little bit more distributed, that Jabril Pepper starts to be more active, make a lot of tackles. Xavier McKinney, Julian Love, uh, hopefully maybe we see Lorenzo Carter playing in space a little bit more so he can kind of rack up the tackle numbers as opposed to getting, you know, 20 or 30 because he's being used as a pass rusher most of the time. Chris, next take. Saquon Barkley will lead the league in rushing yards in 2020. Now, just for some quick reference, the leading back last year, if you happen to not pay attention to last season, was Derrick Henry with a final push at the end of the season. He had 1,500 yards. So that 1,500-yard mark is essentially what we're saying that he would lead the the league in rushing yards would be at, around, or possibly over 1,500 rushing yards. I, assuming we have a normal season, I think 1,500 is maybe a little bit cold. I could definitely see him somewhere up around uh, 1,800. I'm not sure I want to see him up around 2,000 simply because you know, the, I just don't want to see quite that amount of uh, wear and tear on him. You know, I, I, I don't want to see him up around that you know, 300, 370 carry mark, but I do believe the Giants will at least want to hand him the ball a lot. And as long as the offensive line is opening holes and they aren't falling behind the other team and having to throw a lot and play a lot of catch up, then I think we really could see Barkley in that 1750-ish range. The one thing that complicates this take, if we end up with 
a normal season and and we play 16 games this year. Saquon Barkley will will be able to be more available this season than last season. The injury that he suffered ended up being just a a freak situation. So I don't think that he's going to miss the same amount of time that he did last year. There will be a couple bumps here and there. He might have to take less carries and maybe some other games. I don't, I don't want to say he's going to lead the league in rushing. I think that that is a little bit aggressive for me because there's always going to be teams that are more reliant on the run with better offensive lines. Someone is going to be a bit more of a dark horse and possibly surge their way to the top. Someone like Nick Chubb, who has an improved offensive line. Christian McCaffrey is always in play. Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys offensive line is still very good. I'm going to say that this is just a little bit too hot for Saquon Barkley to lead the league in rushing yards. Now, I, I'm here firmly to say that Saquon is going to finish top five. He is going to finish with a very good year if he is fully available and able to play. Last year, he only played in 13 games and still managed to finish 16th with 1,003 rushing yards. That's pretty good considering the circumstances that he was dealing with, a lack of blocking, all of that. They're going to be more reliant on the running game. Jason Garrett is going to use him as an added focal point to this offense rather than Daniel Jones, I believe. He will be top five, but to say he is going to be at the top when there's a lot of guys that have better offensive lines, I think it's just a little bit uh, too out there. And I'll say, one, just to go off on a little bit of a tangent, one of the interesting things, I think, is how many... uh, how many of the top running backs are going to be playing in new schemes? Yeah, you know, we've Ezekiel Elliott is now going to be coached by or has a new head coach in Dallas. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has a new head coach in Carolina. Saquon has a new head coach, offensive coordinator here in New York. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb have a new head coach and a new scheme in Cleveland. Other than Derrick Henry, it seems like we don't really know what to expect from a lot of these guys. And, you know, maybe if he can stay healthy, one other dark horse to consider would be David Johnson in now in Houston. So there are obviously a lot of guys that, that could end up being some serious competition for that top spot, making it just a hair too uncertain for this third season in Saquon's career for him to lead the league in rushing yardage. Last take for today's show is the Giants will finish with a top five pick for the 2021 NFL draft. Ooh. (laughs) Okay, that's a trap right there. (laughs) I'm going to give this a qualified just right. I've said a few times in in a few different shows that this schedule they are facing is just an absolute beast. The Giants are facing either the hardest or second hardest schedule in the entire league, we have a very disrupted offseason. We've got you know, a brand new offensive scheme that is completely different from anything Daniel Jones has ever run before. A new defensive scheme. And honestly, we just, we just don't know what the season is going to look like. You know, it is entirely possible that the Giants will play better than they did over the last two or three seasons but not seen improvement in their final record just because they went from having one of the easiest schedules last year to one of the hardest this year. So they're making a huge jump up in competition. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to 
match that jump up in competition with their own roster and get traction in their new schemes quick enough. I agree with a lot of what you said there. I think that things that are in play for the Giants next season, there's a lot of factors that are not in the Giants' favor. I don't want to say this. This is not a hot take, and for me, it's not just right. Last season, they finished with the fourth overall pick. They they also got better during free agency. They got better throughout the draft, filling some serious holes that they needed to fix. I, I'm going to go with in between hot and just right because I don't think they're going to finish top five. I think that if, if things go awry and they have a bad season, they'll be in that six to ten range. If things go well, they'll be a little bit outside the tenth overall pick. That's really the ceiling for this season next year. This, this is a team that is still finding its roster identity. It's going to take a step forward. How big that step is might not be as big as some fans want to expect. And I know that seems oddly pessimistic to say, even though the season hasn't even started. But the, the actual realistic look at it, how the season will probably turn out based on the circumstances of the odd offseason season. 6 to 10, 6 to 12 is the 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 general range for draft pick. I think that is uh, the most fair. And yeah, I think I would agree with that. You know, it's possible everything could come together. They catch some breaks. Maybe the maybe everything comes together perfectly and they win a battle of attrition across the league. You know, we don't know. It's also possible that the wheels could come off completely and you know, they have a very young roster and just everything snowballs. Unfortunately, that could happen as well. So I think somewhere around that six to ten, six to tw- five to ten, six to twelve range is, you know, that's probably a fair place to put your expectations. The good news in that is that Giants fans can start watching tape on uh, Mika Parsons, <laughs> the linebacker from Penn State, and start getting excited for him. Hey, I'm already going to be digging in on that stuff because if the Giants couldn't get Isaiah Simmons, I am all in on on Micah Parsons because he might be just as skilled in some of the things that he's capable of doing with his athletic skill set. Not to get too deep on the NFL draft stuff. uh, That is going to be it, though, for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. We are going to start back up with our mailbag. So after you listen to this episode, if you have questions you want to send in, send them into uh, either our social media accounts uh, at Joe DeLeon or at Raptor MKII, or you can also send a message into the Facebook or the Instagram. We can collect messages there as well. Be sure, sure to follow us on Twitter as well as Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram, and then head on over to BigBlueView.com for more additional uh, Giants news, insight, analysis, you name it. Next show, like I said, the mailbag, first mailbag and probably final mailbag before the preseason. We might have a couple here and there, but just a way to get ourselves primed for the start of the preseason. Uh, We are going to be answering your questions.